0: Club the Gossip Girl podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Sam. Whoops, <laughs> whoops. Remember when we said we'd be back in a week, and that was in January, and it is uh, October.
1: I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I feel like we just recorded an episode.
0: Um, we did not. We did not. Uh, so folks, what happened is I got the flu, and then it was Fashion Month. Um, and then we February on, Fashion Month. Yeah, February. To be clear, because it's been two fashion months now. It was February Fashion Month, and I was traveling. And then um, we went on a podcaster strike. Of sorts.
1: Yeah, we uh, were holding out for getting paid anything.
0: <laughs> Literally anything. And it turns out no one wants to pay people who don't do work. Yeah. Actually, I'm just kidding. I was just being really lazy. Anyway, sorry about that.
1: This now, is gonna n- be a rough one. <laughs>
0: now we're back. This is gonna be a rough one. Please bear with us. We're gonna get back into the groove of things. I promise, Sam. Starting with, how is your drink?
1: Um, it's okay.
0: It is okay. It is a a mediocre sake.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's sake. It's okay. It's it comes in a little jar. The yeah, the the jar is very cute.
0: It's like one of those little kit like things you'd get as a kid, where the jar is reusable. But I'm not going to keep these in our home. Yeah, they're going to the recycling.
1: It's two sixteen on a Saturday right now, and we're in our apartment drinking sake. So that's where I'm at.
0: So I'm I'm a little frustrated with us. I'm frustrated with ourselves because at least if we were going to take a break, we could have taken a break a few episodes later, which falls naturally within the writer's strike. So we are recapping season one episode 12 school lies um not usually
1: ask me if i even know the name of the episode
0: see we're <laughs> blowing do you know the name of the episode
1: school lies yeah tyler did you know uh-huh. that the name of the episode school lies is a play on school ties
0: I-, I would have told you true lies
1: no it's based on school ties
0: isn't true lies that movie with who is it? It's Jamie Lee Curtis and Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yes,
1: but there's a movie called School Ties. No,
0: that's a show with what's-his-face. No, it's a
1: 1992 movie oh. starring Brendan Fraser.
0: Oh, what show am I thinking of? I'm, I'm thinking n- of Family Ties. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm really blowing it. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, we're blowing it. Anyway, School eyes. not, I would say, one of the weaker episodes of season one.
1: Yeah, I just feel like uh, it was just kind of like busy work
0: Yeah, it felt like filler. It does feel like filler.
1: It felt like just a plot of the week episode as opposed to one of the episodes that kind of ties into like the overarching plot. Yeah. Yeah. Because
0: we're coming, we're coming hot off the holiday season. And I feel like this, there's naturally a filming break here. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong, but it feels like there's naturally a filming break actually coming up because the. First order of any show is, what, 13 episodes, right? Yeah, I guess so. Which is, like, the next episode. So I feel like this is this is a filler episode to get us to that next episode, mm-hmm. which is a great episode, and I can't wait to get there.
1: Well, we'll talk about it next time. Yeah,
0: but until then, let's talk about School Lies. So the premise of School Lies is that the children have thrown a pool party at this school's pool. I have so many questions about this pool yeah. party. First of all, the school has a pool – but no weekend security, no overnight security, no security cameras. Like none of this rings true to me.
1: Yeah, at it's all. very bizarre. A bunch of kids break into the school pool and throw a rager there with yeah. like drugs and alcohol. And they They're like smoking it, weed.
0: And I really want to talk about this key. They break into the school pool with a key that everyone apparently just keeps making copies of that's like an old ass skeleton key. Like yeah, a it's like key. it's
1: like super ornate. It looks like it would unlock like Marie Antoinette's boudoir or sure. some shit. <laughs> sure, like mm-hmm. it's it's got like this other uh, old things. This mm-hmm. very ornate, like laced metal handle. I don't even it's, I don't even know what that part is of the key a is called. Yeah, and it's the, like the, the silk keychain silk is a ribbon. ribbon.
0: A second question I have about this party is that um, the youths, these rich youths, have bothered instead of red solo cups to bring glass, fully glass, martini glasses and cocktail glasses, but they're drinking Kettle One and not Grey Goose? I don't think so, bud. <laughs> like, I just don't, that doesn't ring yeah. true. It's like they don't show the label because they don't have that kind of money, but it's definitely Kettle One.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a weird scene to see a bunch of kids, like, flopping around in the pool with, as you said, glass martini glasses. Yeah. Like,
0: And it's also interesting because they all have glass, full glass, and the links that they go to to create the drama of this episode, which we'll get to in a second, instead of just being like they broke a glass and somebody like bro- like busted their shit on some open broken glass, right. like it just seems like Chekhov's gun and the gun never goes off and the gun is a glass martini glass. Anyway, yeah. I also am curious as to whether this is our first sighting of Penelope and Hazel who will become Blair's main minions because at some point... Either Cady or is I can't remember which one of them gets offered a different show, like she gets her own pilot or something. So she leaves. So Penelope and Hazel become the main minions. Anyway, I think this is our first Penelope and Hazel sighting. Maybe they were at the high society ball. I don't remember, but yeah, I, feel I feel like, like they're like starting I've seen to her work in the them.
1: Before, in. I feel like
0: they're starting to work them in more. Anyway. Another thing I really like about this scene, um, I did an interview with... Okay, so let's get into the scene before I say this. So the the setup is that they're having this pool party. Serena calls. Dan invites him down to this party. Yeah,
1: Dan's like, uh, he's working on writing at home. And also Vanessa is filming, filming him for a student film that she's making to get grant money from a... Like local film competitions so that yes. she can pay her rent. It's all very convoluted. It's weird. It doesn't this, quite hang together as this an is explanation they never for why she's It's like
0: how Vanessa manages to rent a New York City apartment by herself. By herself. But um, so everyone's at this party. We are at the point of where uh, Chuck and Nate are back from their mysterious vacation and Chuck is essentially blacklisting Blair to stay away from Nate.
1: Black so he's basically.
0: Yeah, did I say blacklisting? Yes. He's blackmailing her, Black, but he's also kind of blacklisting her P- vagina. Sure. Uh, oh, I yeah. almost said if, a very bad word. If you remember word.
1: from a year ago, <laughs> it wasn't a year. It was 10 uh, Blair slept with Chuck in the back of his limo, mm-hmm. and then and she and gave up her virginity. And to again him. at her birthday party. Yes, and then and then s- slept with Nate. Yes, and After pretended that she lost her virginity to ball. Nate. Yes, and Chuck is very jealous. Yes,
0: so Chuck is blackmailing her but nate is nate has come back from this vacation refreshed renewed restored ready to fuck ready to fuck um tries to make out with her in the pool asks her if she remembers that night after the ball which she does which is a very smooth line for a teenage boy um and she has to sort of push him away And she goes up to Chuck, who's sitting on the lifeguard stand, sort of, like, hitting on a girl of his own. And she says, you know, can't you find somebody else to torture? And he says, maybe, but I choose you. And something I really like about this scene is that I interviewed the costume designer, uh, Eric Damon. Mm -hmm. And he says that even early on, he would do this thing where Blair and Chuck always sort of matched. It was, like, very subtle. I think if you weren't looking for it, you wouldn't necessarily Mm -hmm. be like, oh, they match. But Blair is in a red polka dot bikini and Chuck is in like this red and white striped shirt and like yeah. red trunks.
1: I assume that they styled him first because he's also hanging out in the lifeguard yes. chair. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of dressed like a lifeguard. Like he's got wayfarers on yeah. and he's got a whistle around his neck. What an asshole. Um, <laughs> it's a good look.
0: <laughs> I sort of forgot that they don't start the Chuck restoration act until a bit later
1: um, yeah. Uh, you mean like rehabilitating yeah, his, his yeah. image as like not a horrible rapist? Yeah. yeah. So
0: he's also talking with, you know, they're waiting for, um, you know, he's like talking to Serena. Mm-hmm. And he's like hitting on Serena. And like something I noticed is that he spends this whole episode doing a lot of work hitting on Serena for somebody who is like in love with her best friend. Yeah. But, Um, I think it's ironic because Serena gives this dig about how incest is the universal taboo. Right, yeah. And I think that that becomes quite ironic later,
1: Um, (laughs) all things considered. It's the B-plot of this episode is that... Um, Lily has accepted Bart Bass's
0: she has not accepted
1: oh she hasn't accepted they
0: have been away on vacation Bart has proposed and they have been away on vacation because I have a note about this he proposed like two weeks ago he proposed on
1: Christmas at the end of the last episode he proposed
0: and they go on this vacation to South Africa I think they say they go somewhere in Africa and I'm pretty sure it's South Africa they come back and she still has not formally accepted this proposal apparently and um it becomes like a huge running b-plot of this story but yeah so chuck is basically giving serena a hard time because they're going to become stepbrother
1: and yes. step-sister
0: which is not t- i just want to say that that's not incest it's not it's weird but I I will also say that as someone who came of age in the clueless era, I was softened to a stepbrother, step My sister Paul and Alicia, <laughs> Alicia Silverstone, so yeah. I'm not bothered by it. Sorry, everybody. That's maybe weird. Anyway, I feel like there's also a lot of lines in this episode which become prescient. Is that prescient? Prescient. 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 For later plot lines, which uh, Vanessa, after he, while she's like filming Dan, teases that the the ultimate outer outsider goes inside. And in his book, is called inside. It's called inside. Right. I think there's just a lot of lines that whether they meant to or not, or whether they, I can't decide if I think that they were like planning that far ahead, which I mm-hmm. don't think is true, um, or if they went back and watched early episodes. Anyway, so Dan rolls up to this party with Vanessa and tow. Vanessa's still filming. And uh, right after he shows up, two dude bros are fighting over what appears to be a bottle of vodka, and the other one shoves one of them into a pole, and he, like, fully yeah, smacks he, his he, head. Yeah, he, like, forehead
1: smacks the pole and falls face down into the pool.
0: And everyone freaks out, and there's, like, blood? Like, blood in the water?
1: Yeah, there's, like, blood billing out from the dude's head. Nate dives in. Everybody dives in. Not and, everybody,
0: just Nate. Well, everyone else is, like, getting out of dodge. The people in the pool are, like, to dodge. towards him and stuff. They're
1: getting um, out of dodge. Nate pulls him out of the pool. There is no damage to his face, there is which no wound. I don't know where all the blood was pouring into the pool did he from break
0: his nose. Did, did...
1: Uh, he, he was in the pool for all of like 10 seconds, but yeah. they're giving him like CPR. Yeah. Which doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. They're not well, giving they him. No,
0: they're drunk. Well, there. they're,
1: yeah, they're not giving him mouth to mouth. They're giving him chest compressions.
0: That's CPR. Well. That, that whole inner thing Yeah, but they're CBR. not doing
1: the mouth-to-mouth part. Also, that, CPR is to, like, restart someone's heart. Mouth-to-mouth is to, like, well, they're clear. again,
0: they're a bunch of drunk teenagers, right, yeah. so I don't think they know what they're doing. Um, anyway, somebody Serena, calls, calls, Serena 911. calls 911 and says, we need an ambulance at this address. The address that she's given out twice. Sam, do you know the address of your high school?
1: I don't. Um, Serena does. Serena knows the address of her high school. Yeah, she gave it to Dan also instead of just saying, hey, come to the school. Uh, Vulture cute. in their recap of this episode pointed out that the address, which is seven hundred and nineteen East Eighty Second Street, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't exist. <laughs> well, and of course not, If it did, based on the numbering system of that neighborhood, it would be in the middle of the East River. So,
0: but like obviously they can't give a real address, right? Yeah, right. It's sort of like eight six seven five three zero nine.
1: That's a real phone number.
0: I know, but then people got in trouble because everyone was calling 8675. I watched too much when I was a child. Anyway, so they cut to sort of smash cut in a way to uh, photos. They, they zoom in on Chuck's phone, which has a photo of the party, and then they zoom out and it's a slideshow of photos from the party in the headmistress's office. And I just want to say these photos are. Awfully high-res for a 2008 cell phone photo. Yeah. That shit should have been so blurry you couldn't recognize your own face. He's
1: got like a... It's like one of those like Nokia like slide-open phones. It's not even a Blackberry. There's no way it was a good photo. And then like all the photos blown up are like... Professional quality photos of kids at a pool.
0: It's crazy. It's yeah. like clearly photos they took like stock still photos they took on set mm-hmm. to do this, but they should have ran those through like a granulator or something. <laughs> to yeah, make or or them we're actually just taking them blurry. with a the cell phone. Like, um, but, uh, obviously this is the first time in the series that they've had to actually contend with the school having to have any kind of a real administration because mm-hmm. they introduced Miss Queller I don't who even is... know how much
1: they've shown an actual teacher yeah. at Constance. The, uh,
0: I can't wait to get into that either. Uh, so they introduced Miss Queller and I really like the name Queller because uh, it comes from Jessica Queller, who is a writer on the show. Oh okay yeah. So Miss Queller is the new headmistress and oh boy, is she she's a hard ass. ass. She's out for blood. Uh, everyone here is going to be punished. Uh, the first punishment until someone comes forward is a 10,000 word essay, which I would just like to posit is not an essay. It's a novel, a short, a novella, yeah. a short story. 10,000 words? I don't
1: think my thesis was 10,000
0: words. I don't either, which probably says more about me than I it think does my thesis
1: was 5,000.
0: This essay? Um, no, but she's she's going to get names. Yeah, her, like her
1: threat is. You know, I'm going to interview all the students individually uh, to find out who instigated this whole thing. Whoever I find to have instigated it will get expelled. If nobody comes forward or nobody's implicated, then everybody's up for expulsion, which it's like 20 kids. Yeah. That's They would not have expelled 20 kids. kids. Which is
0: Serena says, like, they're not going to expel two-thirds of the whole junior class. class, Yeah, Everyone looks real nervous and...
1: They cool. they walk out of the meeting they make and a blood pact. yeah Blair, uh, says you know nobody talks um,
0: nobody talks nobody
1: walks nobody knows anything Just yeah kidding. Dan says that that all sounds a little skull and bones and Blair says maybe but it works
0: it all works every time which yeah, means it's not the time. first time <laughs> it
1: that it has they've worked had to the do past. something
0: like this which is
1: nuts yeah.
0: And Dan gets nervous because Dan knows. I mean, Dan knows without having to be told that his situation is different than the others. Like he is he is there on a partial scholarship. Mm -hmm. He is not somebody who can be bought back in.
1: Yeah. The this is a conversation that he has like three or four times throughout the episode. Right. Exhausting. Um, But the uh, the most the best way to sum it up is he says, you know, we're not all. In the same boat right. here because right. I'm the only one that isn't from a rich family. Like, I can't – my family can't buy my way out of this, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Like, his whole future is riding on this because he's the only one that would face consequences that would actually be devastating yeah. to him.
0: Um, and then we go into Blair – being the first student interviewed, which I love, and she says one of my favorite Blair lines, which you know, Headmistress Queller says, you know, I'm looking at your record, and if if Constance has a perfect student, it's Blair Waldorf. You know, if Constance has like an exemplary student mm, or whatever, a star pupil, a star pupil, it's Blair Waldorf, and she says, I know, I'm the perfect one.
1: Yeah, almost like it's a burden. Ha-
0: hashtag relatable. <laughs> it's a
1: it's a very good line delivery.
0: And she's not she's not budging. She's not moving anywhere on that.
1: I guess it's a smart play. I don't really know. I was never in a situation in school where I had to close ranks in a big group like that.
0: Like, when you play You Don't Know Jack, like, the murder edition, and there's that version where, like, either, like, everyone can can choose not to get mm-hmm. the gold, or, like, one person chooses and oh, everyone yeah, dies, dilemma. right? It's the prison- yeah. This is the prisoner's dilemma, right?
1: Kind of, yeah. I'm
0: sorry that I just compared that to You Don't Know Jack. Uh, It's sort of like the prisoner's dilemma, right? Where, like... If every – you're banking on everybody agreeing – because it's true. If nobody says anything, how will they ever find anything mm-hmm. out? But you're banking on, like, 20 high school students, not including Dan Humphrey.
1: Right. Uh, which they established. He's the only one with something to lose. So he's, like, the one most likely to – He's the to, least link. To, they should have uh, taken him out. To squawk. They should have taken him out. Uh, yeah. I will say I half expected at, at the end of the party scene when everybody's leaving, Chuck picks up the key and, like, looks at it mm-hmm. for a minute. Mm-hmm. I half expected for him to find some way to like
0: plant it.
1: Plant it on Dan so that Dan was framed as the one who instigated the party. That would because be more interesting that than that. That seems like happening. a real Chuck move.
0: It does. Meanwhile, Chuck and Nate are out in the courtyard and Nate is discussing the Blair situation and he tells Chuck like oh she seemed pretty into me when she kissed me and Chuck is really bad at playing it cool mm-hmm. with regards to this Blair situation. Yeah. He gets very flustered.
1: Yeah, Nate doesn't Nate doesn't pick up on the fact that Blair is conflicted or I to me she oh, reads like not interested. He's dumb. He thinks that she wants to make him pay for it a little more like it's a game. But that's also also,
0: something she would have done. Absolutely. That's true. But Chuck is like, tell me about it. Like, tell me about you. Oh, the kiss. Tell me, was she into it? Like, yeah. And Nate's like, yeah, she was into it.
1: She wasn't. She very obviously was. Well, I think
0: she was into like the actual kiss itself, you know? Right. But not into Nate's advances. Uh, Rufus has called Dan. Yeah. uh, Because like they've told all the parents, and Rufus is encouraging Dan to narc. Extremely Rufus.
1: Yes. Uh, Rufus is at the gallery in Brooklyn. Um, He calls Dan after he hears the news from the headmistress about what happened. They have a whole conversation about it where he encourages Dan and Ark, as you said. Mm -hmm. Um, Then Lily shows up.
0: Lily shows up. And I really like that finally, I think this may be one of the first times someone actually calls someone out because she's like i just got a call from the school and he's like and you came all the way to brooklyn which like fine like it drives me nuts yeah. th- with the ease with which these people travel between the upper east side and brooklyn yeah
1: i mean i i understand it because uh, the alternative would just be that like everyone all the time is talking to each other on the phone right, right? like like no, if, why if she had it. just called him instead of coming down there then he would have gotten off the phone with dan then immediately gotten a call right. from her and like that's less good television. I know why
0: they do it, but it's something that like now that I live in New York and I know yes. how long it takes to get from the Upper East Side to Brooklyn. What would you estimate, having done it?
1: What would you estimate it took her?
0: Uh, 30, 40 minutes at least. Yeah, that's not like a that's not a quick trip. You know, I mean, it depends on what time of day. Yeah, it you take it is. the if four five the six day, down to the L. Well, and she then... didn't. Lily <laughs> no, did not yeah, take she the she Took her. I know. I'm just. Um and. The real reason that she's come is because she wants to tell him in person that uh, Bart has proposed and she's going to say yes. And again, I just want to reiterate that he proposed like two he has the patience of a saint to have proposed like two or three weeks ago and been on a whole vacation and gotten back to New York and right. not have a firm answer from Lily, right? And the
1: show never really makes a compelling argument for why she would want to be with Bart. I, I
0: don't mean, think it ever has to, because I think what the argument is the ongoing jokes about Lily are that she just marries these billionaires, right? She right. just can, goes from billionaire to billionaire. I mean, it doesn't as, as really as matter. as far go,
1: like, on paper and what we know of Bart so far, he seems like a he's pretty fine. good... Like, I,
0: he doesn't seem good. He seems fine. Yeah,
1: I, he seems like a pretty good mate for her, right? Like, mm. not not a good guy, but, like, right. he makes a lot of money. He makes he's, a lot of money. He's, like, he financially give a stable. Shit.
0: Yeah, he doesn't give a shit about his kids, which yeah, he, is also true he, of Lily. He, he's,
1: like, a very principled man. Yeah. Um, with his money <laughs> well I mean in his own life too because he runs a business sure and, you know he like he's pretty buttoned up sure
0: um but Rufus brings up that he left this voicemail and whatever on Christmas. And, and Lily says oh I got it when I was on the plane and then it was too late and then she says what well, it has to be just the worst line which is uh it was very endearing though. Like, is that the response you want? To this, no, that's like, pretty emasculating. Oh, God. Just, like, awful. And to me, it's pretty clear that she's come down to tell him this in person because she wants him to fight for it. And he just rolls over, mm-hmm. which is the ongoing theme of the Rufus Lily saga, which yeah. will never die, unfortunately.
1: So she rolls up for a 10 second conversation and then immediately walks back out, and I guess gets in her Goes car back. and takes another hour trip back up. I guess to when the,
0: you have a driver side. and like unlimited data on your cell <laughs> yeah, phone, you, I, I guess I'd just you know, ride I, around to the I assume Who if cares? you're in
1: like a black car, you probably got like shampoo in the back seat. And like
0: nowhere to be. It's all like, so, like yeah. she has to be back at work. So yes. like two hours in the car to like deliver the sick burn to your ex is fine, I yes. guess.
1: That evening. Dan and Vanessa go to Blair's penthouse. Mm-hmm. Um, is throwing a homework party. A homework
0: party where Cornell ethics professors, students, something like award-winning something of ethics for at or for Cornell are writing essays for children, which I think is a nice little trick of writing there.
1: Yeah. So they show up. Obviously, it's like kind of anarchy. Yeah. Um, the it's kids, not anarchy. Well, they the like, The kids are absolutely not doing anything. It. Yeah, they're not doing anything. Blair's, like, passing cocktails. Yeah. Obviously, this is not what Dan expected when they yeah. came.
0: Also, proof that Dorota has not become, like, a fully established cast member yet because Blair passing her own cocktails. And I don't think I saw Dorota no. once.
1: Blair would never pass her own cocktails. No,
0: Dorota should be in the middle of this. Yes. Dorota should be in the mix. And I don't think they realize until after the writer's strike how mm-hmm. valuable Dorota as a character is. Yeah. Chuck... Dan confronts Chuck because on Vanessa's tape.
1: No, first, Blair confronts Chuck because Chuck is laying down playing with the key, just like in full sight uh, of yeah. the party. Yes. Chuck Chuck has the key still. Yes. He's like just like fiddling around with it, and Blair goes over and takes and it. says like I can't believe you're you have this out here. It's evidence. And she takes it upstairs and uh puts it away. But within um, as
0: they arrive at the party, Vanessa says to dan like i know who had the key because i wasn't sure until i was reviewing the footage on my computer but shows him a freeze frame and it's chuck picking the key off a table and taking it with him Mm -hmm. right so dan confronts chuck and uh chuck lays down some pretty good burns um which he he tells him you know i have nothing to lose if something happens to me um, you know, we get a, a library wing, or there was a wing added in my family's name, which ends up being uh, really appropriate. Uh, and then he says, "What is what does the Humphrey family have? Used Metro cards? Your dad's casingle <laughs> And like the Metro Card thing is an ongoing burn for the Humphrey clan. Mm. I think Jenny's gotten shit for yeah, like, like swipe your Metro Card and go home a few how, times. How
1: poor are you that you have to own a Metro Card? Yeah, like, but <laughs>
0: your dad's casingle yeah. is like a particularly great Chuck Bass. It's pretty savage. Yeah, I also just love that there's just this like one key floating around for this. I like I will never be over the key to this pool. That's really cool. I will bizarre. never be over the key. It's to a, this a pool. super
1: weird contrived plot device. Like. Meanwhile, Blair has gone upstairs to hide the key in her bedroom. Yep. Nate comes in and uh, tries to flirt with her again. And he's brought her a love letter that he wrote her. Yeah. Uh, and she just kind of, she, she's She's like, touched. I guess. I, uh, if if anything
0: is going to get Blair, if anything is going to make Blair soften up, it's going to be like a love letter. Yeah, but
1: he tries to give it to her and she's like, a hostess shouldn't abandon her party. And she yeah. just walks out. Nate's kind of defeated and he looks through her stuff. Yeah, he looks in the drawer that she slammed shut and surprised when he came in and finds the key. That's one key. Yeah. And there's a lingering camera shot of him looking at the key
0: with his dumb puppy dog eyes. Yes. She goes downstairs. She has a confrontation with Chuck. About, you know, I've I've rejected him. He's like, you know, I don't think a kiss is rejecting somebody. And she's like, I don't know what you want from me. Like, tell, just tell him. Like, I've had enough. Just tell him. And he says, uh, oh, you want me to tell, you know, in very typical TV device, lays out what exactly has happened, which you should know something is coming mm-hmm. when this happens. Oh, you oh, want me to tell him to that, tell that him you, faked, you faked, that you slept with me in the back of the limo and, and like faked your virginity. virginity it's basically like the last time on Gossip yeah, Girl and- synopsis. Um, and she it, says,
1: well, I'll just I'll just tell him that you're lying. That you're lying. Who, who's he going to believe? Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and he goes, well, I know he's going to believe me. And we zoom out to Vanessa, who's been filming this whole interaction.
1: She's such a weirdo. I
0: fucking hate Vanessa. I, I hate don't, her I don't so hate Vanessa. much.
1: I don't hate Vanessa, but this, it's so weird for her to be standing right there. She's like, a filming glorified
0: plot device.
1: Yeah. She's um, a
0: human plot. Both, I mean, of, them, both, both
1: nice. of them uh, get mad and try to get her to give, the tape. give them the tape from the the camcorder. camcorder that has a tape in it, which, Dude, wow, uh, and, Nate, and she says no and walks away. Um, Dan has decided that he's going to leave. Yeah. Uh, he's uncomfortable being there. Yeah. He has a conversation with Serena where he says the whole thing about, yeah. you know, like, I'm not in the same boat as you guys, blah, blah, blah. If, you know, if the person who did this won't come forward, then anybody who knows anything has an obligation to come forward. And you can
0: tell Serena knows something because she looks uncomfortable. And he says, you know who did Yeah, she does that thing where she, like,
1: bites her bottom lip and, like, looks to the side, (sighs) which is, like, a very Blake Lively thing. And he's... She's very expressive with her. She does a lot of, like, tooth on lip movements. Yes.
0: And he says, so you know who it is and you won't say, and she still won't say. Yeah. Um, And then he proceeds to also have another interaction with Chuck because as Vanessa is trying to leave, Chuck sort of grabs her for the camera.
1: Mm -hmm. Dan Dan says my my favorite line from the episode. Which is? uh, Which is, last time I checked, I still owe you a black eye. So unless this is you coming to claim it, let go of her.
0: Yeah. Which is, is, again, a really rare callback to early season Chuck because the the black eye is owed. Remember, there was this whole... He gives him a black eye because he's sexually assaulting his sister. It's literally the first episode, right? In the first episode. And then the next episode for the wild brunch, uh, he says, you know, that one black eye looks a little lonely. Like, maybe yeah. I should give you another one. Right, so yeah. it's like this rare, it's like we, this is a very rare callback to uh, Chuck literally starting the whole series being a sexual assault mm-hmm. or...
1: Yeah. Chuck becomes like kind of a less violent guy. I, I mean, like. he's still
0: a creep. I I, I think yes. I sort of have retroactively thought that, like, pretty much after the first episode, they start pretending that he wasn't a total creep. Mm-hmm. But
1: he's I, still a I creep. think people I think they figured out that people liked Chuck. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and then started rehabilitating his image.
0: Yes, I think they, re- they I think they realized a sexual assault dude yeah. is a bridge too far.
1: So while everybody is at Blair's party. Rufus now makes a trip all the way up to the palace mm-hmm. to see Lily. Now mm-hmm. um, yeah, that he
0: did take the L to the 456. For yeah,
1: sure. And then walked over. Yep. He asks Lily what her real reason was for coming to see him right. in the gallery. Right. And he says that he knows it's because she wanted him to stop her mm-hmm. from uh, accepting Bart's proposal. Mm-hmm. And then he tells her all this same shit. I'm still in love with you. Aren't you curious? Don't you want to know what it would be like if we were together now?
0: He also tells her, your mother made this decision for you back then. And this particular line gets so convoluted that actually I'm I'm interested to sort of unravel it as the series goes on. Because I think it goes to several different places at different points in the show.
1: Yes, but so far what we understand is that um, Lily's mom, when she and Rufus were together and they were younger, made Lily...
0: It's your inheritance or rufus
1: say he kisses her on the forehead and says you know why don't you make your own decisions this time and then he just leaves like basically just kind of leaving it in her hands
0: yeah nate's turn to be interrogated by headmaster squiller she tells him that he's towing the line of mediocrity i love her So much. Like, what a great line. Because, like, Nate... So Nate has seen... He's towing the
1: line of mediocrity from below mediocrity. From below mediocrity. He's, like, barely making it to mediocrity. It's so
0: good. So Nate has decided after seeing the key at Blair's that what he's going to do is sort of throw himself in front of the bus. Because he thinks that Blair is the one that had the key. Um, And he says, you know, I confess and I can prove that I was the one that did it. And he puts the key down.
1: Yeah, I think he thinks that this is a romantic gesture.
0: Well... And it is. Um, But she goes, uh, and how did you get this key? Uh, You're not a member of the swim team. Not a janitor, surely. And like Nate's a good enough guy that he's not trying to like fuck over a janitor. I also, again, to go back to this key, why does every, like this, we'll continue to go back to this, but why does every member of the swim team have a copy of the key to the pool? The coach would have like why do they right. oh they're just gonna like show up and do laps like the the coach would have a copy of the key why would you give a bunch of teenagers yeah. a copy of the key to the building
1: yeah I don't know that's
0: a liability it's really issue wild. I just can't I will never be over this key I will never in my life let the key issue go
1: she says not a janitor Shirley I think she's joking that Nate is not a janitor surely.
0: no she's joking that he didn't like make it like buy it off a janitor or like fuck with a janitor like he he's like.
1: She says you're not a member of the swim team, not a janitor, Shirley.
0: Right, but I think, I think it,
1: the implied thing is oh, you're not a member of the you're swim not team. You're not a janitor. Not yet. That's that's how I read that. Not which yet. Is, which I like it. I like that line reading better because I do too. It's actually, her showing a sense of humor. That's which, true.
0: But she knows. She was like, "What was the key attached to? Like, yeah, tell, can describe you describe the keychain? Yeah, at all? Which
1: by this point, there's the ring has gone nothing. from it.
0: So she reveals that there's a photo, again, a very high-res photo. Yeah. This this is like the FBI mm-hmm. took this This photo. is like a
1: NCIS, uh, enhance, enhance, Enhanced, enhance. Enhance,
0: Ugh, It Yeah, with a, a zoomed-in photo, like a
1: cropped-in photo. From, from like from, a
0: Nokia 5000. Yeah, the
1: key <laughs> sitting on a table. Um, and it has like a red ribbon tied to it.
0: So she decides to...
1: She knows that Nate was lying about yeah, having the one. Yeah, she knows that Nate's one. lying. So next, we're outside the school. Yes. And Vanessa is setting up a shot. Yes. Uh, it's. It, Do they ever say what her film is? It, like so what it she's filming specifically? It starts as being about
0: Dan. It starts as being like the ultimate outsider goes inside. And like that's her short film. And she just needs to screen it at like a local
1: mm-hmm.
0: whatever. To get this grant money that she needs to stay in New York.
1: It seems like her film doesn't really have a thesis after that first that's scene.
0: Because Vanessa has no talent.
1: Right. Her film doesn't really have a thesis after the first scene where she lays out the thesis that's, of the film. That's because Vanessa. And then, then her film is just a device to have her be somewhere Filling. with a camera Yes. whenever the plot needs yes. her to be doing that.
0: Yes. And I'm sure that we will never revisit this right. again. I'm sure that we will forget that Vanessa ever needed this grant money.
1: So um she's setting up a shot like outside at the main steps yep and blair comes down the steps and sees her yep and basically confronts her again and is like you know give me the give me the tape and vanessa's like i'm not afraid of you i'm not
0: afraid of you i have no reason to be there's afraid of nothing you.
1: you can do to me and it there's shows there's how... nothing i want from you yeah it i think, shows I think how... she says there's nothing i there's nothing there's
0: nothing you have no power you have
1: me. you have nothing that i want i think is what she says which it is shows really
0: how line. out of depth Blair is in any situation where it's not girls at school. Like mm-hmm. Blair is very good at controlling the girls at school because she's in charge, she has power. Vanessa doesn't go to their school, and Vanessa isn't part of their world. So right. Blair has no sway over her. So she doesn't know what to do.
1: And Blair Blair doesn't know what to do as soon as like fear or
0: yeah. manipulation she is not an option. Freezes up.
1: Like like psychological manipulation.
0: So uh Chuck approaches right after yeah blair walks away and chuck walks up with a wad of cash and vanessa says what's that your stripper money which is (laughs) another great line
1: uh chuck says that it's ten thousand dollars cash yep and he will buy the tape from her yep and she says you know why do you think i would want your money Mm -hmm. and he says well you know to blair
0: it's a couple pairs of manolos and a chanel bag but i know that this kind of money could change your life basically
1: yeah And uh, she pops the tape out of the camera and gives it to him.
0: The ease with which she does this, by the way, should be a huge red flag.
1: I mean, if somebody walked up to me and said, give me your tape. Like, the whole reason Vanessa's doing the film is for money, right? Yes. And I have to believe that she hasn't been filming on just one tape.
0: No, of course. Obviously.
1: Um, That $10,000 is worth more to her than losing some of the footage that she shot for this movie. Right. So... It, make, it makes sense to me. She like it. That would be a pretty easy decision for me, too, to just be like, yes, give me $10,000 because it's right here Yeah, right but now. it
0: also really violates her morals. And I think if anybody on the show, she and Dan have both shown that they will fuck them o- their own selves over for their own morals, right? right. Like, I think that they prove that kind of over and over again. Anyway, sure. she does it.
1: So Lily's at lunch with Bart. Bart gets a business call and mm-hmm. walks away from the table, mm-hmm. and Lily... As he's, like, walking around the restaurant talking on the phone, which, like, he's just walking around the middle of the restaurant, like, talking on the phone. Really bizarre. Uh, Lily looks at him in slow motion. (laughs) And not just him.
0: She, like, looks around the room and sees all these other sort of, like, buttoned up, perfectly coiffed ladies who lunch with their... Rich, yeah, they're, they're at a
1: they're at a restaurant that puts the little breadsticks in like a wine glass in the center of the table, so you know it fancy. Also,
0: not the good breadsticks, those no, like gross, like crispy crouton ass, things. Like what is Peppers it? What is Farm the point of those?
1: Shit. Does anybody like those? <laughs> no. Um, I like those in like a dip, but I don't want to just eat one. I
0: don't want to just eat them.
1: No, that's um, for people who don't so eat bread. So while while Rufus or while Bart is away from the table, she calls Rufus. Yes, and says, you know, I was thinking about what you said let's go for it yeah and they make plans to go away for the weekend and figure it out sexually yes and she tells rufus to meet her uh, 90th and fifth, 90th and 90th which and 5th.
0: is too much too far north
1: tyler it's 40 streets north of the palace
0: yeah much too far north the
1: palace is at 50th and madison That was a huge red flag for me. It makes no sense.
0: I know that that is technically still the Upper East Side, but anybody who lives on the Upper East Side will tell you that ends at, like, the Met. Right. At, like, 85th.
1: Uh, Vulture says that the Church of Heavenly Rest is there. so Oh, so they were filming uh, outside that. They live at the Palace Hotel, which is at 50th and Madison, so this doesn't make any sense unless Lily was planning on praying for her incestuous soul at the Church of Heavenly Rest prior to their dirty weekend.
0: (laughs) (laughs) God, I miss... Vulture Recaps.
1: Headmistress Queller calls another full school meeting and says, you know, and a, announces a, student, that a student came forward and lied. admitted to this, but I know they didn't do it. And then she suspends Nate in front of everyone and makes him leave. Watch
0: him leave, yeah. students.
1: I, I trust you know where the exit is.
0: Oh, I'm sure he does.
1: Yeah. So he has to leave. And then after that meeting, everybody leaves and...
0: Dan and Serena are talking again, and, and Dan is freaking out. And, like, if you know something, you need to say something, etc. cetera. Uh, if you see something, say something. And it comes out that, uh, actually, the person who opened the door was Serena.
1: Yes, it was Serena.
0: Serena got a copy of the key freshman year from the captain of the swim team who she was hooking up with, and he gave her a copy of the key so they could hook up in the pool area. Yeah, And again, to go back to this key issue, they're just giving these keys to students, this old-timey-ass key. This kid was able to take this key, make a copy for his girlfriend of this old-timey-ass key, and then no one's changed the lock since then. So like, just like dozens of students have keys to this swim pool area situation.
1: Um, I really... I generally, I think I like Serena more as a character than you do. That's um, fair. But I thought that this was a, it was kind of a gross moment for Serena. Because I think, I mean...
0: A gross moment? Yeah. Because yeah.
1: Dan is once again reiterating, like, I have a lot to lose here.
0: Yeah. And then she voiced uh, it, this it, on him. It
1: pretty much looks like like he's going to tell whatever truth he has. Which is that... He saw he, Chuck. He saw Chuck with the key, right? Um, And Serena tells him... Well, it was me, and it feels really, really manipulative. Like now that you know, that's so interesting because I have an easier read on that. The the read I had is like now that Dan knows it's me, he won't say anything because he would never. He would never never betray me.
0: This world betray me.
1: Yeah. It it felt really manipulative to me. And maybe it's not written that deep. But that, I think that's that how it's
0: it I don't think it's written that deep. I think it's literally written to be a plot device because not two seconds later does the school with the old tiny keys use their modern intercom system to call Dan to Principal Queller's office. Yeah. Or whatever whatever, headmistress Queller, I guess it's not a principal because you pay them more money than a principal. So now we're at the point where Nate and Blair have a conversation outside school and Nate says it you know he basically says like being suspended was worth it and she's like what are you talking about and he says well i saw I the did key it for you. i saw the key in your room and she's like you lied about finding the key or having the key for me and she says that's the most romantic thing anyone has ever done for me god high school was the fucking worst <laughs> romantic gestures in high school are like wow you remember yeah. that i like uh Flaming hot Cheetos and not normal Cheetos. That's, That's so, so romantic. romantic. It's so dark. I'm so horny. Um also speaks to how low the bar is with Nate in mm-hmm. terms of romanticism.
1: You know, he says he loves her, but she says that they can't happen right now. And uh he asks why, and she just says that I don't want to be with you. I don't want to be with you. Yeah. Broth. Um Serena comes home from this meeting. Yes. Very conflicted. Because Dan also told her that she should tell Queller because yes. she
0: doesn't uh, have anything to lose. Yeah. She
1: doesn't have anything to lose. And she says, you know, if I got expelled, no other school would take me yes. because like I've had all this shit in my past. Yes. I've been a really bad person, blah, blah, blah. So she goes home. This also didn't make a ton of sense to me because Dan gets called to the office.
0: Well, we'll get into that. Yeah. Cause that, that principle, that meeting with high message. Headmistress color goes like time. five hours. She's an interrogator. Yeah. I love her, and I want to be her when I grow up.
1: Serena goes home. Lily is packing to go away for the weekend with Rufus. Mm-hmm. Serena, you know, is like pouting on her bed, and mm-hmm. she, then she asks Lily where she's going, and Lily uh, tries to give her some bullshit. She said she's I'm going to the going spa. to a spa weekend. Yes, and then Rufus calls her, and Serena sees that it's Rufus.
0: And this is a bit. This is a bit that's very confusing to me still. Is she says, is this why you haven't accepted Bart's proposal? But at the lunch scene we saw earlier, Lily's wearing the engagement ring, which led me to believe she had it. She told Rufus she was going to accept, accepted. And now she's no, not I, wearing the ring in this scene.
1: I didn't take that she had ever accepted it until they had the engagement party at the end of the episode.
0: Because she's wearing the ring, but then why is she wearing the ring in the restaurant with Bart? You got because it's a big fucking rock. You got nothing.
1: It's a big rock.
0: Anyway, so she says, "Is this why you haven't accepted Bart's proposal?" Yeah, which is why he hasn't. She hasn't accepted Bart's proposal.
1: Then Serena goes on to beg her to not be with Rufus because she loves Dan.
0: Yeah, and I know we're too young to talk about forever, but that's what it feels like right now. And I'm like, you haven't even dropped the L word
1: yet. Yeah. So Lily,
0: it's really weird.
1: It's really bizarre.
0: It's really it's really bizarre to me. It's really weird that Lily just like rolls over on well, this one. We
1: don't know yet. Lily is very conflicted about it. And Serena she says She says you
0: really you really like Dan that much. Again, we're like
1: He really means that much to you. He it?
0: really means that much to you. We're talking about two year olds and she says I'd rather be Chuck's stepsister than Dan's. Yeah. Which also ends up being ironic.
1: Um and then Serena says, "You know, I think I there's I have to go back to school. There's something I have to mm-hmm. do, and hopefully, there's something you have to do too."
0: Mm-hmm. Fuck Dan's so, dad. So
1: bizarre. And Lily it's just weird. like kind of looks wistful,
0: and also doesn't call out the fact that like there's I have to go to school. There's something I have to do, and there's this sort of implicit knowledge that what she has to do is rat herself out. And Lily is just like,
1: okay. Right, I'm sure that Lily knows that Serena's the one who did it.
0: You have a much more generous read on on Lily than or Serena than either of them deserve.
1: I think Serena talked about how much Dan meant to her, and then she knew, realized knew that, that Dan she had to do was the right thing. in with the headmistress right now. And was For like, five I have hours, to go. yes. I have to, I have to go cop to this. Yes. So Serena leaves to go back to school. Meanwhile, Vanessa shows up to Blair's apartment. Everybody just kind of walks everyone into just each shows other's up apartments and lives. Yeah. Uh, Vanessa walks into Blair's apartment and just gives her the tape. <laughs> Which, spoiler, she did not give the real tape right. to Chuck.
0: That's what I meant earlier when I said suspicious that she just pops this tape out and hands it to mm-hmm. him. Because And he doesn't even look at the tape to, like, make sure it's the same tape. She, he doesn't say, have you made copy? Like, nothing. Yeah. Anyway, so she gives the tape to Blair.
1: Yeah, that's uh maybe the stupidest we ever see, Chuck, that he just, like, right. takes someone at their word after he gives them $10,000. This is
0: also so strange to me because it's, like, a nice moment between – like, Vanessa and Blair almost never have nice moments. Like, Serena and Blair are chill. Vanessa mm-hmm. and Blair are not chill. Well,
1: Blair sees Vanessa as – the romantic rival to her best friend. She
0: also, Vanessa also says Nate seems like one of the good guys which also becomes a little bit of foreshadowing.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm telling you this episode
0: just feels like chock full of like setting up softballs for future seasons the question is did they plant
1: seeds or did when they were writing later seasons did they go back and say or did they just literally a bunch of interesting stuff that we accidentally planted that we can pay off now
0: or did they just run out of pairings i mean the nate the night vanessa thing will pay off
1: yes so
0: nate seems like one of the good guys
1: blair owes her one
0: Mm -hmm. also dan is still in this Fucking Yeah. Meaning.
1: So then we go back to Constance. Dan is still in this meeting with Headmistress Queller where he's just maintaining that he doesn't know anything. Yep. Uh, Headmistress Queller tries to put pressure on him by saying, you know, you're not like the other students here.
0: Which seems a little fucked up.
1: Yeah. Well, she's trying to figure out who did this terrible thing.
0: Yeah. But Dan has a good record. She she says that he has a, a, a letter great of letter of recommendation from J.L. Hall, who is the Dartmouth rep.
1: Yes, and then while they're in this meeting, Serena just walks in mm-hmm. and says it was me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and...
0: Did they actually ever film her saying it was me? She she, they, she walks in and says, I have something to tell you. And then it, I think there's was a, a commercial break in there or something. And then it cuts to both of them sitting down. And she's okay. going... and she doesn't explicitly Kweller, say. Headmistress Queller is saying, you know... uh. Your student records re- reads more like a rap sheet, like you missed more classes sophomore year than you made. Like you talked back to teachers. Like da da da. da.
1: None of those are things that a criminal would have done. I
0: mean, they are if the criminal was fifteen or sixteen.
1: That's not a real rap sheet. So it's, it's really a. I also like statement.
0: To me, this is also a good point because it never is like, and then you just like fucking left for boarding school which like seems like something that should have come up but it doesn't
1: Mm -hmm.
0: um and Serena says you know I know that you're new here but I want you to know that the person I am not the person who you see in this record like my attendance is near perfect like my grades are up like blah, blah blah
1: blah right I'm a different person now yeah which doesn't really explain or excuse why if she's a different person now she did still break into the pool
0: yeah it's a momentary (sighs) lapse of judgment also
1: i just want to point out how ridiculous it is that as soon as serena came in and and admitted to doing this why was dan not dismissed
0: because i think the implication is well first of all you need dan there you need dan there to like see her have this interaction right i mean i mean realistically
1: why was dan not
0: realistically i think you could make a you could make a case for dan having to be there because it's his girlfriend like Headmistress Queller in their meeting says, uh, yeah, you had a great you have a great record, and then you fell in like you're with a new crowd now and you're dating Serena Vanderwoods. And he says, Is that in my is that in my record? Like, is that my right. paperwork, basically? And you can make a case for the fact that like I wouldn't necessarily buy that he didn't know it was Serena. You know what I mean? Like that like he would have covered for her had she not come in, basically. Yeah. Um either way. They have this whole meeting and headmistress Queller gives like this really kind of shady weird look and is like, Yes, let's discuss the punishment for this. Smash cut to Blair.
1: Yeah. Going to visit
0: Vanessa at the coffee shop in Brooklyn. Again, the 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 Brooklyn Upper East Side travel situation here is like It's
1: really weird. Like
0: It's written by people who trust that like 90% of the people who watch the show live outside of New York. and will not
1: understand. How far two places are from each other.
0: It will not understand logistically. Vanessa goes all the way to the 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 Upper East east Side,
1: gives her her the tape, leaves, and then Blair turns around and goes Goes to where Vanessa's working.
0: Um so she walks into the place that Vanessa is working and she says congratulations you just won 365 more days near IKEA furnished closet because what Blair has done is gone and somehow mysteriously found the landlord um for like that handles Vanessa's apartment and paid off her rent for an entire year. Mm -hmm. And Vanessa says, you talk to my landlord and she says, no, I don't speak Ukrainian, but I do speak wad of cold, hard cash. Yeah. Envelope full
1: of money. Yeah.
0: It's so good. It's such a good little exchange, like a little Blair exchange. Yes. It's
1: very good. She says, you know, Blair Waldorf is in debt to no one.
0: Yeah. Also, I just have a question, which is, is how are these kids spending this much cash like if you told me that she like went to Bergdorf's and bought like 10 first of all the implication is that Vanessa lives in a shitty studio but even right. a shitty studio in like 2008 still would have been 5 600 bucks a month 700 bucks a month you're still talking 10 12 grand in cash which is about how much Chuck gave her right mm-hmm. Chuck gave her 10 grand in cash if you told me that Blair went to like Bergdorf and Plop down 10 grand on a credit card and her parents didn't notice. I'd Mm -hmm. be like, "Mm, maybe 10 grand in cash is not an insignificant amount of cash to just like disappear. I
1: assume that all of these kids just have like trust funds that they have access to.
0: Yeah, but there's an accountant. They're like, there are grown ups and adults responsible for being like, like somebody should have said, why do you need 10 grand in cash? I
1: I will say that Chuck makes a lot more sense than Than Blair, Blair because Chuck... Just has a dad who doesn't give a shit, or has already yeah. like basically written Chuck off right. in a lot of ways, right? And Chuck kind of just has carte blanche to do whatever he wants. Like Chuck bought that cabaret,
0: yes, without that's
1: without like I I assume but that like, Chuck Blair has an accountant especially... that he just goes to and says, "I'm taking this money." Yes, and like the account is like, "Okay, Mister Bass,
0: here's your money." Blair, especially because her mom is a fashion designer, I I have huge qualms with the idea that like like a fashion designer is new money. It's not somebody. It's not like I don't know. I just have I I just yeah, have qualms with the way money is that just her like her mom
1: is like completely self made, right? Like I, Waldorf is supposed to be a like old money name, right?
0: Yeah, maybe that's that might be true. That might be true. Sam, you might have just changed my entire life outlook, but.
1: Is Blair's dad's last name Waldorf?
0: I they never really established that.
1: Yeah, I I guess we never really know if Blair's mom's maiden name is right. Waldorf. and she Because they, to they it.
0: do so much groundwork with uh like Nate's parents. So like Nate is an Archibald through his mother. His mother's Anne Archibald, mm-hmm. but he is No, she's a Vanderbilt. Sorry. Yes. Excuse yeah, me.
1: Her, his mom is a Vanderbilt. His mom
0: is a Vanderbilt. And his dad is an Archbald and like his dad is more new money, and his mother comes from He's an established old money, yeah. money family—the Vanderbilts, obviously.
1: Vanderwoodson's kind of the same way.
0: Vanderwoodson—they don't fully establish. Like her dad went to, Columbia right? But I mean, eventually they school. do establish
1: that her dad's last name is Vanderwoodson, right. and that Lily kept that name because it was her yes. kid's last name.
0: But even her, even Lily's family is also old money because they lived mm-hmm. in Montecito. Anyway. All that to say, I still think regardless, a 16, 17, 18 year old pulling out 10 grand in cash would not go unnoticed by anybody.
1: Yes, that's probably true.
0: I would assume my kid had drug issues.
1: Yep. Back at Constance, uh Serena and Dan are leaving their meeting with mit- headmistress Queller. Uh Serena has been sentenced to 25 hours of like volunteer work. community
0: outreach which i would have done anyway because i'm head of the committee
1: yeah dan seems very bemused that that is what she got off with he seems and like
0: he's annoyed and keeping it to himself Yeah, right she says she says that line like oh i would have done it anyway because i'm head of the committee and he goes yeah that did not go unnoticed or like that that had occurred to me or whatever yes and she's like...
1: It's very obvious that Dan believes that she got special yes. treatment and Serena is stupid enough to think that she did not get special treatment.
0: Well, and treatment. I understand it in this situation because she literally left her mom and went to school. So, like, unless her mom called the school... And didn't tell her mom what she was doing. So, mm-hmm. unless her mom called the school, said what was happening, whatever, she's like, no, this is just like... You, so, you don't believe what the headmistress said about me being a great example of the right. new honor code or whatever. Right? Serena is dumb.
1: There's a cute little moment there where yeah. she insists that her life is not charmed yeah. or whatever. And as they walk out of the school gates, the driver is there. Yeah. And he says, oh, your mom asked me to come pick yeah. you up. And Dan just kind of like laughs and rolls his eyes. And she's like, I'll walk.
0: I'll walk. And Dan says, "Uh, he looks at the driver, you going to Brooklyn? Which is a great, it's so great. It's very yeah. Rufus. I appreciate the moments in the show where Dan does stuff that seem very Rufusy. Mm-hmm. For sure.
1: And then the last little segment of this episode is at the at the palace that night. They are having a little party because Lily has surprise mm-hmm. uh, decided to accept Bart's proposal. Mm-hmm. And this scene of them kind of celebrating as a new family mm-hmm. is intercut with the scene where earlier that evening she went to meet Rufus, Rufus without a bag. Yes, and he says, Oh, you packed light and she says, Uh you know, I'm sorry that I'm doing this to you, basically. She never
0: really explains and he's he
1: He knew He, he
0: knew, but that. I don't think he knows I don't think he knows that the reason is that Serena asked them not no. to be
1: together, right?
0: I think the implication is that he assumes that she like chickened out, right?
1: He's yes, he's I think he Knew that it was too good to be true. Yeah, that she changed her mind like that after she said she was going to accept his proposal. So it's nice of her to even show up. Yeah. Instead of she, she went all the way up to ninetieth.
0: She went all the way up to ninetieth. Uh, in a a very good outfit. It's the least she could do. It is that is a very good outfit. I will say. We'll talk about it later. But you know, it's this engagement party, and Chuck is again very heavily hitting on Serena. Also, something we forgot to talk about with the meeting with. Um, Blair and Vanessa is that Blair says what did you do if you didn't pay your rent what did you do with the 10 grand Chuck gave you and she had donated it for teenager oh, like a grant for teenagers with general herpes and in Chuck's name which yeah. I love so Chuck is again still being super creepy to Serena
1: yeah there's no there's never any mention of Chuck realized that he got duped by Vanessa which mm-hmm. you would think he would be furious yeah and would like vow revenge or like try to get his money back yeah. and there's no mention of that in this episode again, and therefore never mentioned ever again i think it's
0: pretty clear at this juncture i think they did the pilot and then i think they did this first 13th season order it's interesting to see the dynamic i do not think that chuck was viewed as this huge fan favorite character i don't think people i think he was intended to always be mm-hmm. a b character because otherwise that would have been a huge plot point like in later seasons that would yes. have been a huge plot point um, yeah, it would have been
1: like a multi-episode And article.
0: also at this point, this is when Blair has called Nate over to her house by this point in this episode mm-hmm. too. And says, you know, do you think two people who have been through so much can make things work? So they have this whole thing and he says, there's a lot to be. F- I know that I have to be forgiven for a lot. He doesn't know that she has to be forgiven for a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has told her that he loves her. She says that she loves him back. And so they're back together. And Chuck doesn't know that either at this point. Um, and he's still just like hitting on Serena. It's so weird.
1: Yeah, it's really creepy. And like, um, so they're they're at this party and Serena's sitting on the couch and Bart comes over and sits down and says, you know, I heard about your trouble mm-hmm. at school from your new stepbrother, which Gross weird way weird. to phrase that.
0: No one would say it like no.
1: that. Uh, and he says, you know, I, I called the school. He basically reveals that yeah, Serena did get off yeah. really easy because Bart intervened. He
0: said that new that new headmistress is a real piece of work. I had to go over her head. I think there's some nice groundwork here for later issues that we will have with mm-hmm. Bart, which is that Bart is all about uh, all about protecting the image yes. of himself and his family above all else. It's not about Serena, and it's not about doing the right thing for Serena or Lily. It's about like you're part of my family now, and I have to protect you.
1: Yes, um, and also a nice call back to earlier in the episode. Bart says that uh, what he what he did to get the charges lowered is donated a, a library wing. Yes, um, yeah. which you know calls back to Chuck saying the that if Vander Woodson, in my gets the
0: Vanderwoodson the Vander Woodson Bass Library will be open by the time Eric graduates. Mm-hmm. Which uh, is nice and then call.
1: while they're sitting there talking, and Serena is like clearly disgusted by the idea that like she got off like Dan was right basically. Yeah. Chuck comes over and like like puts his hand on her leg yeah. and stuff like that in a way that like
0: It's super weird.
1: Like if if you were the dad of a son and your son and yeah. your new stepdaughter yeah. were, were sitting there and your son was like putting his le- his hand all over her and you know your son has a reputation like
0: Yeah of being a sexual assault.
1: Yeah, like it's very weird that Bart just like kind of laughs.
0: It's very weird. He's I just I, like, I, yeah. I it's very I Accept that in the sense that I think Bart knows Who Chuck is.
1: Yeah. Uh, Serena says that she needs some air, and she goes all the way to Brooklyn. Yes. Has a little conversation with Rufus where rufus is like packing up some belongings and stuff. Uh, i think stuff that's related to lily yeah. although it's never explicitly said that it is
0: but because one of them is that photo that they have earlier in an episode and i don't remember which episode it is oh, anymore they have the that base. whole conversation that she took that photo yes, of him that's right yeah
1: but there's it's like a box with some records and stuff yeah um and serena says oh are you packing up your music and he says no just trying to find something new, new to write right about not. and or she like gives a f- little arm squeeze and then she goes in the bedroom and Dan's Serena's in there. Serena's the worst. <laughs> it's funny to me that the way that Serena goes to make amends with Dan is to go like study read, with him read and like Chaucer, like be a good student.
0: <laughs> oh my God.
1: Uh, and the the episode ends with them like sitting on the bed like reading Chaucer and taking notes together. And it's actually a really sweet.
0: It's really scene. sweet. Serena's so weird. And that's and, the episode. Yeah. I mean, it's just such a to me like it's a kind of a boring episode. Yes, it's boring. To me. Not, not a, a lot really happens it.
1: which it's you know it took us a long time to recap it for an episode <laughs> where not a lot happens it
0: took us a long time to recap it cuz we're rusty
1: yeah that too
0: we're out of practice but um, also it's very boring i mean a lot does happen but it's like i don't know it's all,
1: it's self-contained yeah it is a very self-contained except episode. except for the moving forward of Lily and Bart yes getting formally
0: and engaged. and a little bit Nate Nate and Blair, because that that all will come so heavily into play in the next episode, which is called A a Thin Line Between Chuck and Nate. Am I right? Did you even double-check that?
1: I have no idea. I'm not going to look. I just know it. So, I do have to ask, Tyler. Yeah? Yeah? Do you remember... L C D Sound System.
0: I do remember L C D sound system. This is probably one of the few times that I'm ever like, fuck yeah, L C D sound yeah. system.
1: L C D sound system, the quintessential New York band of yep. the mid two thousands, I would say. They're they're definitely in there with like the strokes, right? Like
0: Like a quintessential anything band of the mid 2000s
1: Yeah, but like if you have a show set in New York in the mid two thousands, like I'm surprised it took us eleven or twelve episodes to get to an episode where L C D sounds Well, they're probably is. more expensive. Yes, that's true. <laughs> this was probably at the the first height of their popularity, yeah. right? Like, before. oh, I
0: don't know. You're asking the wrong person. Well,
1: I mean, so their whole thing was. in 2008, I was
0: still listening to Fall Out Boy. So
1: their their whole thing was like they got really popular. They were this super cool hip band. Yeah. Then they they broke up. Right. And said for a long time like we're broken up. That's it. We're done forever.
0: Right. And then they just recently like uh, within a, the past they put on an album last year. You're right. Last year. Yes. Yeah. And it sold out. Like, they started like, doing two like
1: seasons. reunion shows. Right. And, everyone, like, uh, and lost then, their shit. then put out. Yeah, I mean, I like LCD Sound System, but I will say, sure,
0: Daft Punk is playing at my house.
1: Yes, that's my favorite song because it's like four minutes long. And my big gripe with LCD Sound System is that all their songs are like twice as long yes. as they need to be. Yeah, uh, it's not very efficient song, right? Not
0: if you're rolling on Molly. Right. Yeah. Then that's it's the half thing, as long. It's like it's like. I just want to clarify like, that I don't use Molly. I'm just saying that
1: <laughs> LCD Sound System is like a. Dance rock band that makes club music. Basically, they make like club it's, music it's with the halfway rock point, instrumentation. It's the
0: halfway point point between like a Daft right. Punk because they and, they, like, they a...
1: do like it's like kind of rocky songs with like right. some synthesizers, yeah. but they extend them all to like eight minute dance versions of the songs. Personally, I That's love a it. No, I me. don't
0: think so. I love it.
1: Uh, but the song "Someone Great" by LCD Sound System is featured yes. in this episode. The other prominent features. Uh, there are two songs by a band called The Filthy Youth.
0: Yes, which, as I mentioned while we were watching that, is uh, Ed Westwick, RIP. He's not dead. He's just canceled. Yes. Uh, Ed Westwick's band. This is so interesting to me because this becomes such a huge sticking point in, in later seasons. So they play The Filthy Youth, which is Ed Westwick's shitty, like, British, sort of Arctic Monkeys-esque yeah, rip-off yeah, they're, band. they're right? like
1: kind of – um, they kind of remind me of, like – uh, Kaiser Chiefs, or who's that one? Lily or Louis the Louis the Eighth, Louis the Fourteenth. What's the name of that I think band? Louis the Fourteenth. Yeah, Li-
0: not Libertines, but Libertines is also yeah, sort of but in also, that vein.
1: Yes, that's sort of like uh, so like punky.
0: Uh, they play a couple of songs by him, and then in later seasons they will play Leighton Meester single with uh Cobra Starship, Good Girls.
1: Yeah, go I, bad. That's a bop.
0: It is a fucking... It's still on my gym playlist. It is, because it's a bop. And Leighton's very talented musical. Anyway, this becomes a sticking point because they play Leighton's song and they play ed's music and they don't ever play the pretty reckless which is they they will they will eventually play the pretty reckless because it does apparently it's like after she
1: left the show right
0: no it's like just before but it eventually becomes such a sticking point for her Mm -hmm. because like at that point she was actually much more invested i think in the pretty reckless although there's no jenny in this episode
1: no no jenny doesn't show her face at all wow i think she's the only main cast member to not show her face in this episode yes that's um, fair. It would have been distracting. Yeah, although it, it kind of doesn't make sense as she's someone who's like at this point struggling to fit in with Blair's cadre. Yeah, but that it would she didn't been, get invited to the That would have been too
0: much. It would have been too much. Yeah, that I agree been that too it would've been would have been too many pieces to too. Too many pieces. And also to they juggle. kind of
1: established that it was like It
0: was just junior. Everybody
1: in the same class. Yeah,
0: yeah. it would have been too confusing.
1: That's probably true. Um
0: anyway, yes, the filthy youth.
1: Yes. Uh, I Googled them. Yes. They have a Wikipedia page, God but bless. only Yes. On the Portuguese wiki. <laughs> uh, so it's not in English, but if you okay. use Google Translate, yeah. it says... Tell me. Uh, British indie rock band consisting of five members. They name all the members. Um,
0: is Ed the vocalist of the?" band? Ed is the
1: vocalist, yes. Okay. Uh, The band formed in 2006 was inspired by the Rolling Stones, The Doors, and Kings of Leon, which... Sure. Woof. Sure. Uh, The songs Come Flash All You Ladies.
0: Which is the one that plays, right?
1: And Orange are the two songs that play in this episode. See, I was
0: going to say, I thought it was called the Filthy Orange, and then I thought I was confusing it with... Because you know Robert Pattinson also used to have like a a punk, filthy punk, I don't know what you call that, like whatever, kind of band, and that is called Something Orange.
1: Right. Uh, According to sources, the band has been in hiatus since 2010. R.I.P. And that's the entirety of their Portuguese Wikipedia entry. Okay. Um. And that's basically all the information you can find about them on online.
0: Well, shout out Portugal for yeah. keeping track of that. That's very important. Uh, to keep track and
1: of. then the other prominent feature musically in this episode is "Come Home" by One Republic.
0: They love One Republic. Yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, they too they mean were, to apologize. They were is definitely. A great uh, kind of that like broken hearted. They were one of those bands of I that mean, time. Right. I mean, here's the thing, like, Teddy.
0: Teddy, what's his face? I almost said Teddy Vetter, which is wrong because it's Eddie Vetter. Sorry, everybody who's into music stuff. Uh, <laughs> that guy Teddy still does songwriting for a lot of huge, mm-hmm. like pop. Yeah,
1: apps. I think he was. I think his calling was more songwriting. Uh, like a yeah, like a songwriter. Than but a, he's written and, some and huge producer, hits. I think. I feel like he. He's like written some
0: huge hits. Not Teddy Vetter. What's his name? I don't know.
1: I'm not going to look it up. Teddy Roosevelt
0: is the president. I don't care about One Republic. Oh, I kind of do.
1: Also, featured in this episode, Blink and You'll Miss It, uh, was Moby, which I don't have anything to say about Moby. I don't care about Moby. Moby is in
0: like. Yeah,
1: the the scenes at the pool are soundtracked by the Moby song, uh, Last Night, Oh Yeah. And then there's a scene at the end, I think it's when Lily is turning Rufus down at the end of the episode, a song called Cross the River by La Roca. Okay. They also do not have an English Wikipedia page. (laughs) They have a French Wikipedia
0: page. Bless them. Are they French?
1: This is what the translated french wikipedia page says la mm-hmm. is a group of indie pop irish from dublin they put out two albums since the release of their second album the group's activity seems to have run out of steam <laughs> is what the wikipedia says which is like Aww. the saddest that's that's sadder Aww. than like went on hiatus or <laughs> like just broke ran up out of steam they just seem to have run out of steam which is just same. like they just didn't get anywhere oh uh, same Damn.
0: same that's Bummer. that's why we haven't recorded a podcast in 10 months
1: yeah the Lincoln Hawk fan club since we January of twenty eighteen seems to have run out, out of steam. steam.
0: <laughs> Sorry guys.
1: So yeah, that's basically all the music. Okay. As always, I have to ask, would you mm-hmm. like to talk about the fashion?
0: Sam, I would normally like to talk about the fashion, but this is a particularly weak episode for me, fashion-wise.
1: Um, I had
0: I have some favorites. I have I made choices like gun to head okay. favorites. All right. Again, I think I think if we're talking an overall oeuvre... Uh, seasons one and two are Blair's strongest. This is one of Blair's weakest episodes for me. Wow. You look, you look like I'm blowing your mind. You're shook. Yeah. It's a lot of like trying, but not quite getting there.
1: Well, so much of this episode is the kids at school. That's true. So, so it is very heavily on the. So much uniform. of it is them doing their twists on the uniform, yes. which like.
0: Which don't get like really, truly great and outlandish until season two. Right. Season one, Eric Damon sticks with.
1: They're all they're all wearing navy red yeah, and white. Yeah. They're all wearing and also, you know, some form this of a is blazer. Before,
0: so something else that Eric, <laughs> we're, we're buds. Something else that Eric told me personally when we talk because we're friends. Is that, you know, early on in the series, what he was really relying on was these sort of like cool, indeed, New York Mm -hmm. downtown designers who were like, yes, television, cool, great. Because this was really truly before, like now I think if you work on television, you have a much easier time getting these high fashion brands to lend to you. You have shows like Scandal. Um, you had Gossip Girl. Like, even Riverdale is high fashion. Like, Rain, weirdly, was, like, kind of high fashion because it had sort of laid the groundwork. When Eric was doing Gossip Girl, really the only thing that had ever aired that was sort of high fashion was Sex in the City. And I don't think that it had really quite become a thing. Right. So then what starts happening is um, after, uh, and Leighton talks about this, basically, is, like, after the pilot episode aired, the next, the very next day you started having these these teen kids show up to set and, like, looking. And then people were doing, like, paparazzi shoots on set. And then you'd see paparazzi shots of, like, Blake or of Layton in, like, Us Weekly or Life and Style or whatever. And it would be, like, here's what they're wearing. And so that exposure and that level of attention is what got them all the high-profile designers that they get mm-hmm. later on. this like, high fashion stuff. But for the first 13 episodes that they shot sort of before this phenomenon was really happening, they're really still relying on these downtown designers. Um, it's a lot of like New York based designers. It's a lot of contemporary lines. So for example, and I'll talk about like my favorite and it, it's not, it's still not one of my like, it's, it's close, but it's not there for me. My favorite book look in the episode is the look that blair wears to go visit vanessa at her coffee shop this was also my favorite pick it's a tuxedo dress right like it's this black dress with sort of like a tuxedo bib and like a bow
1: it's it's got a it's basically got a built-in like bow tie yeah
0: she wears it with white tights And, like, black Mary Jane, patent leather pumps, and she's got this, like, sort of houndstooth coat. The coat is from Forever 21. Now,
1: I will say... Yes. I really... She wears this uh, outfit in a couple scenes. Yes. And... I liked it much better without Without the coat coat. because the coat is lavender houndstooth.
0: It's a houndstooth coat. It's gray. It's it's from Forever Twenty One. It's a Forever Twenty one coat. It's not
1: a good match for that dress. It's not.
0: It's not a good coat. This is what I mean. It's like it's close, but it's not there. I also think Blair's hair in this episode, and I don't know if there was something going on with the weather or something. It's really overwrought. You can see that there's a lot of hairspray in it. Mm -hmm. It's over curled. Like it doesn't look like the like I like her hair really curly but it's it looks like it's been like barrel curled with a curling iron and then someone shellacked it with hairspray which is why i say like i don't know if there's something going on with the weather that like they had to sort of do it cuz i feel the same way about serena's hair although weirdly serena's hair looks really good in this series or in this episode is that serena's hair also looks very done and so i think that maybe it was like humid i don't know they had to right. really style it like really 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 put a lot of product in it and blair this whole episode looks like she's a ton of product in her hair which drives me nuts anyway so I really like this dress. It's by a designer called Claire Holstein. She is very indie. I've had an eBay search saved predictably. Um, I had For that dress? Uh, just like for this designer. And there's like one or two things. So I think she must have been like a very small designer in New York mm-hmm. who never really got fully off the ground. The other look that I actually do really love. Well, there's two. The look that Lily wears to meet Rufus, which is that sort of like huge silk bow tie blouse with like a coat and like pants. Yeah, like, wide, the, like, the pant. coat
1: is like a like powder blue. It almost looks like a bomber jacket. Like it's got an asymmetrical button up.
0: It's really pretty. Uh,
1: yeah, it's it's really cool. I really liked it. She looks. Yeah, she looks great there.
0: I feel like we've talked about this before, but I actually really prefer Lily's style in these first 13 episodes because they feel much more, I think, true to life Mm -hmm. than later seasons where, like, it's very done up. It's very, like, Upper East Side. Like, there are moments where she's wearing, like, she's always wearing, like, a wide-legged pant or, like, a, a very nice blouse or, like, a nice... Chic legging with like a coat situation. Like, this is one of those moments where later season she pretty much only wears dresses,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which I find really strange. Um, no, that's a really good outfit. And then my other favorite actually is, um, the dress that Serena is wearing to the engagement party, which is that
1: was my, those those were all three of my picks,
0: (laughs) which is a a Diane von Furstenberg dress.
1: I hated it as when I first saw it, my initial gut reaction was like, oh, I hate that because it's got, it's got like punk studs.
0: It's got studs, but this is why I like it is that, so Serena wears a lot of studs early on in the series like it's very like kate moss like mm-hmm. cool rocker chick whatever but this one at least feels upscale where like other ones have been like alexander wang yeah. or or which the is cu- true the to cut of it is but... pretty it's
1: like right above the knee mm-hmm. uh the skirt itself is really pretty it's got these like beaded flowers all yeah, over. yeah it. it's
0: like a circular pattern and the studs it's it's nice
1: yeah, I I don't love the studs. I think you could do it without the studs and it would look better. No,
0: but, but it's true to character. That yeah, it, studs. it
1: basically looks like it has a built-in, like, Hot Topic belt almost, which detracts from it a little bit which, for me, but I still which, really liked it.
0: Which, not wrong. But, like, um, for the rest like, of it... It's, like,
1: more of a modest look than we often see Serena in when she's in... Uh,
0: yes. yeah, yeah. 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 For the rest of it, it's, like, a little, to me, it feels a little overwrought. So, like, you have Blair in this sort of, like, navy and red striped cardigan with, like, a red headband. It was you have, too,
1: That's too much. I really it, didn't like it. It was like too it. much. It was uh, too much. The skirt you she Blair, was wearing had, like, white piping on it with the, like, the bands coming around the sides with white Blair piping.
0: You have Blair in a, it's like a blazer and a skirt set, or it might just be, like, a, a dress, but it looks like a blazer and a skirt that both have like a sort of diamond window pane pattern with like a coat over it which also has a window pane pattern that's like also too much with a plaid head. It's like it's too much. Her curls are too much. Like it uh-huh. just for some reason feels really overwrought this episode. Um and like Serena in another scene is wearing this leather jacket. Um it's Charlotte Ronson, which T B T Charlotte Ronson. Um and it looks cheap. It doesn't look like something that she would be wearing. I don't know. It, it, to me, was not – it was not a strong episode fashion-wise. Sure.
1: Yeah, I have a couple more call-outs fashion-wise. Yeah. The camel coat that Serena is wearing when – she and Dan are leaving the. Mm. It's like a. It's like a camel.
0: It's a Mark by Mark Jacobs coat. I do actually like that coat.
1: It's a trench and it's like tied around the waist. I do it's actually really like good. that
0: coat. It is very good. It's um, very good.
1: I this that's not a whole outfit though because all you can see otherwise. No, the rest of it. Like she's wearing like boots, like, like boots and like. She's wearing
0: boots and like socks that peek socks. Out It's fine. That's what uh, the coat is good.
1: Also, the outfit that Chuck is wearing at the punishment party
0: the The punishment party is
1: extremely good.
0: First of all, the punishment party sounds like a sex thing.
1: The party <laughs> where they're all they're I all. I just want to say that the
0: punishment party sounds like a sex thing.
1: Um, but yes, that was a good outfit. He's wearing he's wearing a, like a, a camel a brown coat, mm-hmm. a camel like almost kind of military looking coat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's wearing paisley pants. Like it's it's head to toe brown, like different shades yeah. of brown. It looks very sixties. In a way that I think Chuck pulls off really well. Yes. As opposed to the way that Dan looks very 60s, which is in like a thrift store way. Yes. That well, that's intentional, right? Yeah, I will say uh, none of Dan's outfits in this episode were particularly egregious. They were just kind of, yeah, of the road. It was fine. Um, and the other person who we usually ding is uh, Vanessa. Vanessa, and her outfits were just kind of fine. I don't really have a worse she dress for this exists. episode.
0: Um, I'm going to say Vanessa because I hate her. <sighs> i'm gonna say vanessa because i hate her she's always wearing like a weird earring whatever i don't care it's mean she's always wearing a weird earring she's always wearing like a weird scarf there's always something on her that's just bizarre i mean i'll take it it's there's just just no reason for it oh god i forgot blair also has this like patent leather like square shaped bag Bags were really bu- bad at this time period. Like, it was a really dark time for bags. Oh,
1: there was one more I wanted to call out really quick, which was Serena's swimsuit that she wore.
0: Oh, that, like, high-waisted, party. like, old-timey. It's
1: really cute. It's the, really cute. It's uh.
0: It's weird because that – It's
1: backless on the top, and it's it almost looks like sequined or something.
0: I'm glad that you said something because this also it, – it feels very retro in shape. It mm-hmm. feels very – that's a very Blair move have a retro yeah it it doesn't it does fit serena very well feel true to serena. but i also i don't think but that it's cute
1: i don't think that blair's swimsuit pick was very cute uh no I it's mean, just it's just yeah. a
0: red polka dot bikini it's like it, it it's very feels very like very any, swapped
1: any average high schooler would wear that yes
0: yes so who was your worst person of the episode and i think it's a fairly easy pick this episode oh you're looking at me like you don't think it's if you thing. think it's
1: such an easy pick i would love to hear yours first
0: um i think chuck is the worst person of the episode He's such a he's such a creep. He's a creep this whole episode. He's blackmailing Blair to like not get back with her boyfriend just because he like can't ha- because he like fucked her but he can't have her, which is a bad thing. Also, I've said the f word so many times on this podcast. I'm sorry to my family. Who um, almost definitely don't listen to this. Who podcast. definitely don't listen to this podcast. But just in case, he's such a bad person. He's such an asshole. Like, really, he's right. Like, he knows that his dad. Like, if Bart was going to donate a library either way, like, the, the good thing to have done would have just to have taken the fall, right? Take the fall. Like, I did this. I led into this party. Like, it doesn't matter. Whatever, right? But he doesn't do any of that. I don't know. It's Chuck.
1: Well, you're wrong, but.
0: Why? Who do you think is the worst person in the episode? If you say Blair, we're going to fight. Tyler? Yeah.
1: Serena orchestrated to break into the school.
0: Okay. Oh, interesting. Serena
1: orchestrated to break into the school.
0: A dark horse pick.
1: Serena did not cop to it long enough that everybody had to be interviewed by the headmistress and Nate had to get suspended. True. Serena talked her mom out of being with Rufus, which
0: could have been real
1: happiness for her uh, because she's in love with Rufus's son. Yeah. And put her needs over the needs of her mother. Yeah. Which it well, should be the other way around. Okay. But that's right for um, a 17-year-old. Yeah. But Were I, it's still shitty. Were you thinking still, about how happy shitty.
0: your mom would be at 17?
1: No. no I, I just think it's shitty. I think Serena, is, this this entire episode would not have happened if Serena hadn't illegally and illicitly <sighs> broken into the pool.
0: With a key she got from fucking the swim team Yes. Open. No, that's true.
1: Serena is the worst person in the episode.
0: I still think it's Chuck.
1: Chuck is bad. Serena's worse this time.
0: That's fascinating. Well, we're going to get a lot of payoff next week. So next week uh, is, and we really will be back next week. We won't do this every eight months, ten months, because we're monsters. I'm
1: going to put an asterisk next to next week, but we're definitely going to do this regularly. We're
0: definitely going to get back onto it. Because it's winter again. Like, what else do we have to do, right? Just kidding. I also love Gossip
1: Girl. Uh, just drink and watch Gossip Girl and talk about Gossip Girl.
0: Um. So...
1: Hi, Evie. <laughs>
0: It's fascinating that Evie is just now wanting to get in the mix because she normally and, like, wants to be in the like climb my elevator.
1: lap while we're recording. That's, yeah.
0: um, so we are going to watch A Thin Line between Chuck and Nate, and that's when things really hit the fan. It's episode 13, so it's the last episode of the first order of the season. And then we hit the the writer's strike.
1: The infamous writer's the strike. The
0: infamous writer's strike of 2008. I think the series really after that – like. Those last five episodes are perfect. Perfection. 14 through 18 or whatever it is. 14, 15, 16, 17. Yeah, 14 through 18. Perfect episodes of television. Every single one of them. So I'm excited to get to them. So next week we will discuss a thin line between Chuck and Nate. Shit's going to hit the fan. All these these wheels I've put in motion are going to go off the rails. That's like a mixed metaphor, but we're going to go with it. I think it works. In the meantime uh, you can find us on various social media channels I am at Eiffel Tyler
1: I'm at Slamy P
0: and we are at Lincoln Hawk FC, FC. yeah which we will remember to use
1: <laughs> we're gonna use it <laughs>
0: if I can remember the password Yep. which I probably can
1: <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode if this is your first episode or if you've listened to a bunch of episodes and you like what we do please just go to iTunes give us a little like a subscribe uh, leave a little Review. We've Tell gotten, all your friends. Yeah, we've gotten some nice things from even people who aren't our friends.
0: Someone reviewed us in July, which God bless and keep you, because we <laughs> hadn't done anything in like six months.
1: Yeah, I'm at that point. We are very sorry to everyone who has yeah. tweeted at the Lincoln Hawk Fan Club. All Uh, two of you. (laughs) Well, there's been a couple people. Yes. uh, Like asking when we were going to come back, and we just never responded. So we're sorry about that.
0: We're going to come back.
1: Yeah, we're doing it. We're going to use
0: our Twitter account. Yes. And that's it. Until then, I'm Tyler. I'm Sam. And I don't remember how we sign off. You. Oh. Shit.
1: I think Uh, you say you know you love us.
0: In the meantime, you know you love us. XOXO. Tyler and Sam gossip.
1: Tyler and Sam
0: gossip. Tyler and Sam. We're gonna get back into this. It's fine. Yeah. yeah.